Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to give you an update on the case study I'm working on, publishing 200,000 words of content in four months. I'm working on this with niche website builders, and we're partnering on this. So I'm also publishing uh, some updates over on the YouTube side and blog posts on the Niche Website Builders blog. So be sure to check those out. There's a couple other updates out there. And I'm trying to cover different things in each update, in each different format, the blog versus YouTube versus the podcast. I hope that adds some variety. And I may have mentioned um, sometime in the past, it actually makes it a little bit more complicated for me because I can't just repurpose the same stuff over and over again. But like I said, there is more variety because of that. And one side note, I like to tell stories, but I've been trying to get to the point a little faster. I just get to the show material and then I'll ramble on later. But here's here's the deal. I'm a little excited. Tomorrow, I am getting a tattoo, a new tattoo on my forearm here, I'll reveal it on YouTube sometime soon because uh, I can't show you via a podcast. I'm, I may post a picture over on Instagram as well. So you could follow follow me in, in those various places. You can search for it. You could find me. It's not that hard if you just Google it. So anyway, I'm getting it tomorrow. I haven't gotten a tattoo in something like fucking 15 years or something. It's crazy. And I've, I've wanted to get tattoos like every, I would say, 18 months or two years. I was like, I don't, I don't know what to get, but I want to get something. And it's gone on for a really long time. And then I was just like, ah, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to get on the schedule somewhere. I'm going to have a consultation with the artist and see how it goes. So I've done that and I got the appointment tomorrow. And it'll probably take a few hours. It's nothing too huge or too complicated or intricate. But, you know, whenever I go under the needle, I get, I get uh, fight or flight kicks in, basically. And I have to eat sugar or I get really sort of lightheaded. And it's another story for another day. So I'll, I'll tell you all about it in some future episode. But I'm not going to just make this whole thing about me getting a tattoo in a couple days. Now, before we get to the full episode here, I need to thank a sponsor. We have Otis Global, that's O-D-Y-S, and they're the source for premium age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The feature domain for today is adpproval.com, which is kind of a, a cool combo of words there. They used to offer services for bloggers to sell ad space on their sites and social media. They worked with influencers to get the right kind of advertising partners. And I think, actually, I wonder why they they went out of business or they didn't renew their, their domain here because that space is growing. You should definitely, um, you know, if you're an influencer, you're probably getting all sorts of pitches all the time. And uh, honestly, most of them are irrelevant, at least the ones that I get. 
So having a company to work with to get you to partner with the right folks is awesome. So this domain was created in 2012. It's 10 years old. The domain rating is 22. Domain authority is 31. There are 180 referring backlinks. 129 of those are do follow. And there are some pretty kick-ass links, moz.com, tech.co, convinceandconvert.com, smallbizclub, socialmediatoday.com. Still indexed in Google. There's a lot of branded anchor text. And I think, you know, in high, now that I'm looking at when the domain started in 2012, the market was so different then. So even if they ran for like five years, they potentially could have run into some issues where now... There's so many more influencers. There's people that are uh, growing their business on social media and don't have a good way. To, they don't maybe they don't have a marketing background and they don't have a good way to work with partners and advertisers that want to work with them. So anyway, I think there's a lot of capability here. I think you could do a lot, especially if you're in the marketing space, and actually you know serve as a partner both either with the influencers or with the advertisers and help connect people. So it's a great domain, uh, very good backlinks. If you're interested in that one or others, you can take a look over at otis.global. If you follow and use my affiliate link, you can get $100 in your account. And if you buy something, I might get a commission, which I would greatly appreciate. Let's get to the show. This is update number two for the 200,000 word case study. I'm adding this content over the course of four months. So fairly aggressive. That's about a little bit less than 50 articles per month. We're aiming for about 50,000 words per month here. And I'm working with niche website builders. This is update number two. The first update was back at the end of March and that was episode 339. So if it's the first time that you're hearing about this case study, you may want to go back and check it out. In fact, there are a couple YouTube videos already as well. So you could check those out also. All these will provide a little more context about what is going on. I covered different material in the podcast versus YouTube, and there's actually blog updates over on the Niche Website Builders website that I'm writing for them. So it, at the time that I'm recording this, I haven't done the, the last latest update yet, but it should be coming out pretty soon. So Niche Website Builders, they're helping me out with the content here. And I've worked with them in the past. They actually did most of the work on the website for me, or at least half of the work and most of the link building, nearly all of the link building for the site. So you should go back and listen to the first episode to hear all the context, but just quick bullet points. The site's about 18, 19 months old. It's getting some traffic. It's out of the sandbox. I started monetizing it with Ezoic in late January and we'll go over the EPMB, some of the other details and what has been going on. So I got the second batch of content, which amounted to 39 articles and I think around 52,000 words of content total. So, you know, they're a little bit longer on average than a thousand words, but still um, you know, not super long form content generally. They're nearly all 
informational articles. I happen to find sort of a, a pocket of keywords that are unlimited. It seems like I'll, I'll never run out of keywords. And once you start looking for these and you identify different niches that have them, which are there are a bunch, I wouldn't have thought so, but there are so many different topic areas where you're pretty much not going to run out of keywords if you approach it in the right way. A lot of these are not going to be really long form content. They're probably not going to be very large search volume. These aren't. In fact, a lot of these, I'm not even checking the search volume because I know they are reasonable keywords and I'm kind of following a format. So we got about 39 articles back and I quickly you know, looked over them. I published them all in one day again. And one of the YouTube videos that I published talked about how long it takes for the content to index and it all indexed in one day. So it took a few days for the search console to actually update, but within uh, a day or so, the first 47 articles that I published, they were indexed very quickly, all of them except for about eight. And I did go back and check. The other eight articles indexed about one week after the you know first uh, first set, whatever, whatever the diff was, I can't remember. And then I just got back the second set of articles, 39. I published them all in one day again. And what, what I do is I have my VA go back and check the grammar, check the links, check some other things, but just in the spirit of number one, publishing the content as quickly as I can, as soon as I get it, I just quickly look at it to make sure there's no glaring errors, huge mistakes or anything, and then I'll publish it. Then we'll go back, fix it up a little bit. My VA will maybe add links. She'll review the grammar with Grammarly and go from there. I had a couple little tweaks with this content as well. Nothing major. Um, there were a few links, a few external links that I wanted to be updated. So I got in touch with my account manager and said, hey, can you update these links on these posts? So they are working on that. And it's, you know, no, no big deal. There weren't any other issues. So, you know, one of the things that I, I talked about in uh, the YouTube video was, you know, 10 things you should do when you get content back from a writer or an agency. And some of them are really straightforward, like, review the content, like actually look at it. And others are a little bit more detailed and it could vary depending on your site, how particular, how particular you are and how detailed the uh, content is. You know, some of it makes a difference if you're using tables for every post or if you're using some sort of uh, different formatting or maybe you always want to put into YouTube video or something like that. And you want to have the video embedded in a certain way. So there's a few things to look at there. But, you know, at this point, you know, I've worked with niche website builders for a while. I already gave them feedback from the first set of content. So there, there was very little to do. That said, if you're working with a writer or a company, you should let them know what you want what you like and what you don't like. That way they can adjust. And as you continue to work together, it'll become more efficient. You know, hopefully 
you won't have you know multiple revisions or multiple iterations or anything like that. And once you get the agency, once you get a writer trained, they should be able to deliver pretty consistently on an ongoing basis. So quickly, I just want to mention that you can get the same kind of content that I'm getting over at Niche Website Builders. They have a variety of different content packages, whether you want to get a you know a huge amount of content all at once, or you want to have sort of a subscription going where you always get you know twenty thousand words of content every month, or something different. They have all sorts of packages, and you can save ten percent using my link. And I potentially would get an affiliate commission, but you do save ten percent. You just need to head over there and follow the link, and then you'll get those coupon codes. They also have a bunch of link building packages as well. So depending on what you're interested in, I'm pretty sure they'll have something to fit for you. They have guest posts. They have uh, niche edits where. Basically, links are inserted to existing content. They have Haro link building. And my favorite is the shotgun skyscraper. I've had the most success with that. And you get, you know, pretty high quality links. I found that to be, you know, one of the best ways to improve your domain authority, your domain rating, and just the overall authority of your site. So certainly worth checking out. And thanks to niche website builders. Okay, let's hop over to the search console area. And what I did, you know, we don't have a ton of data to look at, but we do have a little bit. So I zoomed in on the search results performance area, and I'm looking at the total number of clicks and the total number of impressions and some of the other data, including the average click-through rate. And what I have done is I zoomed in so I'm looking at April 5th through the end of April so that I have enough days to look at. And this reflects when the content of the first 47 articles was indexed. And then I compared it to the previous period, which uh, roughly amounted to March 8th through March 30th or so, something like that. So I'm just, I zoomed in so I, we could see what happened once this content was indexed. So the total number of clicks, which you know sort of represents the number of visitors to the site. In the March time period before I published the content, it was about 26,000. Uh, so it's 26.3 thousand. And then in April is 27.6 thousand. So a little bit of an increase. And when I look at the graph, I can see the you know, the recent line on the graph is a little bit higher than the previous month. When I look at the total number of impressions, it is 894,000 for April, and then it's 820,000 for March. So just in a clicks and total number of impressions, the search performance, we can see things are improving. I didn't dial in specifically to the posts that were published. I'm just looking overall at the overall site. The average CTR went from 3.2 in March to 3.1. So it's actually you know dropped a little bit, but there are more impressions. So that's not alarming to see a drop in the click-through rate because there are new queries that are showing up. 
and they're probably not ranking that high, not as high as they could. Hopefully it'll age and it'll improve in the rankings. So the average position went from 21.7 to 20.1. So it improved a little bit, which uh, maybe is counterintuitive based on what I just said. So hell, I don't know, you know, some, (laughs) you win some, you lose some, but basically the, the average position moved up, which perhaps accounts for the higher number of clicks. I am not sure, but overall, I, I like the trajectory of, you know, what I see here. One thing that I should mention is when I look back, say over the last six months or so, the site has kind of had sort of a plateau or a little bit of a decline, which I can clearly see on the graph. There perhaps was a little bit of seasonality in the January to, I would say, mid-February timeframe. I'm not sure if there is truly seasonality or if there was some other factor in there, but towards the second half of February, I can clearly see the total number of impressions and the total number of clicks sort of, you know, tapered off a little bit and then sort of flattened out. So with this new content that I published, it's great to see a little bit of the trend reverse. And if, you know, if I were to smooth out the graph here, I would see, you know, the last few weeks, there has clearly been an improvement. And of course, the hope is the content will age and then it'll improve in rankings and get more traffic and we'll earn more money. I'll hop over to Ezoic and I encourage you to check out the blog post so you can get some of the more historical data. But I'm looking at the April timeframe here and the overall revenue is $550 or so. So I think it's a touchdown. And the EPMV, the earnings per thousand visitors is $11.34, which is actually down a little bit. If I recall in March, it was maybe closer to the $13 range. So I'll take a quick quick look at the graph here. Yep, it was about $13 back in March. So the EPMV dropped down to about 11 bucks, which is not great, but there are, you know, variances in that generally. Ideally, you'd want to see the ads and the AI and the machine learning and throw in more buzzwords here. You'd want to see the EPMB improve because the ad placements are improving and the machine learning is teaching the uh, all the all the machinery behind the ad placement to work better, basically. But sometimes ad revenue is, uh, I guess it, it's dependent is the word I'm looking for. The ad revenue is dependent on other factors like how much the advertisers are spending. And you know, one thing that I've seen is, you know, generally in the last, I would say quarter or so, the Amazon earnings have dropped a little. So when I, not for this particular site, but, you know, the word on the street and talking to people and interviewing people, I I do see that people are buying a little less stuff. Inflation is impacting people and they might be, they might be buying, you know, just fewer things online. People might be 
not buying from Amazon and buying from other sources if they are um, maybe they don't they don't like there, there's a lot of stuff going on with Amazon and their uh, like warehouse workers and stuff. So if people are paying attention to that or maybe they're buying local or maybe they're not buying anything, there's all these different factors that, uh, that potentially can affect it. But that said, in this case, the EPMB is about 11 bucks in April and hopefully, you know, it can creep back up just a little bit, maybe at least get back up to that $13 range. And hopefully we'll also see the traffic increase. So as I mentioned before, the remaining URLs that weren't indexed in the first batch of content were indexed uh, about a week later after the, the uh, majority of the content. I didn't do anything in particular to get it indexed. I have a site map on the website and it is in the search console. So the site map has been added to the search console and it seemed to index the content. I had no issues. And I think one of the key areas, because basically I get questions constantly about indexing and indexing issues. This is per particularly a popular question on the live streams uh, literally multiple people will ask every time I go live. And typically, I think it is people with young sites, people that are still in the sandbox and they want, they want shit indexed fast. And they're bending over backwards. They're trying all these different techniques. They'll go to the search console and they'll submit every single one of their URLs over the course of a few days and hope that it's going to get indexed faster. I've heard kind of mixed success with that. Sometimes the URLs will be indexed and then they'll drop off the index. People don't know why. The one thing, actually two things. So my site's out of the sandbox. It's about a year and a half old. The other thing is I immediately started with the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign in month number one, I had niche website builders building links. Technically, in the first month, they published the content and did the preliminary work and no links really showed up until month two. That is kind of typical for Shotgun Skyscraper campaign. There's a lot of work that needs to be done when you're getting started. And then after that, the links will start coming. That said, there's quite a few links. The domain rating is in the low 50s, I think, between 50 and 55. I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's a significant number of links going to it. Some of them are pretty big websites. And over time, because the site was starting to rank for more and more terms, natural backlinks started showing up. So the velocity of new links is not as high as it was when niche website builders was working on link building. But the fact that there are still new links coming and now I'm publishing new content, I think all probably helps out with indexing. So I publish new content and it's indexed basically within a day. It didn't show up in the search console for maybe like four or five days. So I published the content. I checked in maybe a week later and then I saw, oh, 
okay, there's there's several new things indexed that are shown. And then a few days later, all the rest of them showed up. Again, I didn't do anything. So maybe that's not helpful other than, well, it's not helpful for people that are have a brand new site. <laughs> They're trying to get things indexed faster because the the advice and tip that I can give you is, get some backlinks and wait until you're out of the sandbox and then let me know how it goes. Now, the caveat, I will say, I have a couple students that they basically, they published a lot of content, but they didn't follow all the stuff that's in the course. So they published a lot of content. They have, I can't remember exactly, say 200 to 300 articles on their website. They are out of the sandbox. They're getting traffic. They were earning money. They never built links, though. They they never they never wanted to promote their site. They only wanted to publish content, which I, I can respect. It's fine. You, you know, people can do whatever they want to do. It's totally your choice. However, the issue is they still have trouble having stuff indexed. Their site's like two years old. It's older than mine. And they have more content than I have on my site currently. I'll probably surpass them before too long. But the fact is, they have very low authority. Their domain rating, which is not necessarily the end-all, be-all metric that you should look at, but it gives you an idea of the number of backlinks they have. It's like 10 or something. It's, it's very low. So the site doesn't have that much authority or recognition or there's not that much of a footprint out there for anything pointing at it. There's just a shitload of content that is probably, you know, it's decent average to above average quality, I would say. But the site owner still has trouble with indexing. It's always lagging a little bit behind. So I would say, you know, even if you're opposed to backlinks, you have to figure something out with it, even if it's, you know, I think Haro link building is probably a solid approach because it's really sort of, it's, well, depends on how you, you look at it and how you justify things. But perhaps if you went the Haro route, at least it's sort of a, a more pure backlink. Potentially it's coming from a news source organization or something. And that potentially that link would have more authority and perhaps look more authentic than if it was just from some random blog that you got a link from because they have a write for us page on there. Or if you, you know, even hired a company to do link building in some capacity, like guest posting, for example, and then they found a site that had a write for us page or work with us or whatever. So Backlinks are important, and I think this indexing portion of it is maybe something that's overlooked and maybe something that's becoming much more apparent now that many, many people have trouble with indexing. So I think that's all for the update for today. Please do check out the rest of the updates. There's a podcast, as I mentioned. There's a couple YouTube videos. More will be on the way. And there are a couple blog posts with graphs and other information. If you have specific questions about this case study or indexing or anything like that, please shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show, and I can you know, put it into the next update. That'll be great to get questions. So if you have any question at all, even if it's uh, you know something that I covered already, 
If you have a question on it or you want more clarification, just let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. And I think that's it for today. So have a great day. Have a great week out there. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Before we close out here, one thing I'm going to be working on, actually today, the day that I am recording this episode, this outro, I'm going to create some custom reports or a custom report for the content that I am publishing in this case study. So this will be over in Google Analytics. And there there may be an easier way to do this, but the way that my brain figured it out, that's a weird way to say that. The way that I am doing this, the way that I have done this in the past is just get the URLs, get a list of the URLs and create a custom report based on the landing page, looking at the URL and then create a regular expression, which is fairly straightforward. You would just take the URL slug, put the pipe character in between, and then you have your report. You, of course, would need to go and add to it as more articles are published. But I mean, the fact is I've published something like 87 articles at this point, and I can see that I believe there are more page views, but I haven't been looking at the group of the post that I just published. I'm just looking at everything in aggregate. So obviously it'll be very helpful to see we published, you know, whatever, 100,000 words of content over the course of six weeks. And within seven weeks, we're getting an additional X number of visitors per day to those posts. And then we can track it over time. It'll be very interesting to look six months from now or a year and a half and see that traffic is, you know, it got a little traffic early on, but then it really got better a few months in after the content aged, or maybe it's a year later, something like that. So it does give us great insight, but you have to, you know, create a mechanism to get those analytics. So that's what I'm going to work on today. I'll probably hop over to the site map and then I can just download the recent URLs. I can do some quick uh, magic with Google Sheets where I can pull out the exact URL slug that I'm interested in and then move it over to Google Analytics. So fairly straightforward conceptually. It is a little bit tedious and you do have to have a bit of understanding for regular expressions. Although, I mean, it's nothing complicated. You're not doing any like crazy queries or anything like that. It's just pulling the data down, getting the URL slug that you need, and then putting it into Google Analytics. So this could be something useful that I put over in the blog post at Niche Website Builder. So be sure to check those out as well. And I think that's it for now. I'll catch you on the next episode. We'll see you uh, in a couple days. So talk to you then.